Welcome back to the Michigan podcast, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to women's sports at the greatest university in the world, the University of Michigan. I am Zan, joined as always by Darby. How are you, my man? Um, you know, I'm feeling even keeled. Um, ready to get this one sailing. I don't know if you're in the same boat as me, but um, that's that's how I'm feeling. You want me to keep as you're while you're closing your eyes and shaking your head. I no. can keep going if you want me to. Never change, my friend. Never change. That was a threefer, by the way. <laughs> before before we introduce our guests, we have a new uh, guest host joining us this evening. Uh, Simone Roberts, how are you doing? I am good. I'm you know in the same boat as all of you. Uh. <laughs> well, we are uh, very honored to have you join us. Can you give uh, our listeners a little quick bio? of of your time at Michigan? Yes. So I'm currently a senior. I ran track at Michigan for two years, my freshman and sophomore year. Um, and now I currently work for the football team doing on-campus recruiting and operations. And I just wanted to help, um, you know, co-host because I want to be a broadcast journalist. So what's better than talking about women's sports here at Michigan? Well, nothing, if you ask us. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and now on to our guests for the evening. Our dear listeners, if you haven't put the puns together yet, we are joined by uh, two members of the rowing team, Alex Gable and Brooke Geetson. How are you, ladies? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Good. Thanks for having us. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, first question out of the gate I always ask is... Why did you choose Michigan? Alex, you are from Connecticut originally. And yep. uh, I mean, Brooke, you could have walked to Ann Arbor from where you grew up in Livonia, <laughs> Michigan. Sure so Alex, why don't you start? Why'd you pick Michigan all the way from New England? Yeah. Um, so the fall of my senior year, um, well, I, I coxed in high school um, at Saugatuck Rowing Club um, in Westport, Connecticut. And I got an official visit to Michigan. Um, I was talking to the coaches. And so I came in the fall. Um, I also had Roan. So the people who were freshmen there at the time when I was a senior in high school, they also got recruited from the same club that I rode at in high school. Um, so that influenced me a lot. Um, so I was excited to see them. And when I got here, and we started to you know, acclimate, um, go to football games. Um, I felt like I found a home away from home because of the people in Ann Arbor and just the vibe. Um, I really vibed with the atmosphere and the school spirit. Like we, I think Michigan has like a very enthusiastic school spirit, which I love. Yeah, me too. And Brooke, why Michigan? Yeah, so um, my rowing background is quite different than Gable's, um, and I'm sure we'll get into that as well. But I grew up in Livonia, Michigan, um, very close to Ann Arbor. I had always dreamt of attending Michigan, and I was sitting in an assembly my junior year of high school, 
And the counselors are kind of talking to us about SATs and college applications and preparing for that summer before senior year. And I just remember sitting there listening to the speeches and I turned to the people next to me and I was like, I'm going to go to Michigan. Like, it's going to happen. I'm going to go to the University of Michigan. And they're all like, "Okay, good luck with that. Like, (laughs) we'll see how it goes. And I just made it my mission. Um, And I set out for summer into senior year, like knowing that this is where I wanted to end up. And I poured a lot into those applications. And I have always said that that day in December of 2019, when I got the email, was maybe one of the best days ever. Uh, Opened it immediate tears. My dad's like, what's going on? Is everything okay? And I was like, I got into Michigan. Like all, all is going to be okay. And, um, he kind of looked at me and he was like, do you need to think about it? Do you need to think about the other schools and the other opportunities? I was like, absolutely not. Michigan is where I belong. And that is where I'm, that's where I want to end up. So I pretty much made the decision that day, sent it, sent it out in the letter or, However, that works. I don't even remember at this point, but I basically made that decision on that day and said, "I'm I'm going to Michigan. It's happening. This is what I've always always dreamt about." So, so here you are. Here I am. <laughs> Quick follow up for Alex. Did you were there other schools that were in the mix with with Michigan before you chose to come to Ann Arbor? Yes, um, I was looking at Texas, uh, Cal. Um, Cornell, Wisconsin. I did have an official visit to Wisconsin about three weeks after my Michigan one. Um, but the day I got back to Connecticut, I, it was during practice. Uh, our head coach, Mark, he called me and um, he asked me about like if I'm where I'm at with my application and like what my status is. And I, committed there on the spot um i so i had i canceled my wisconsin visit i didn't even take that i was like i know michigan is the school for me um i love the people i love everyone on the team um yeah for you and i know you touched on this a little bit alex um like what made you know besides the people um being here like what really that day made you decide like okay I've taken some officials, but Michigan um, for my rowing career and like specifically was going to be the best fit for me. Yeah. So um, I think for me, it was, again, I, I keep saying the people on the team, but I think it's also goes further than that. It's like the kind of people it, it's like a different mindset. It's like, everyone on the team is working towards a mission and everyone is so supportive and has all your teammates backs. Um, it's like a family. And I think what drew me specifically to Michigan rowing was, um, I think the biggest thing was the support and how everyone is encouraging each other and especially in the sport of rowing, it's so mentally tough um, it, as well as physically tough, but it's more mental. And I think that is super special and it goes a long way to have a deep connection and relationship to with your teammates to be able to uh, reach new levels and keep pushing the bar even higher and keep pushing the standard. I think doing that to get, I, I, I saw 
that and the people on the team when I came visited and it reminded me of um like how much I love the sport and that's what drew me to Michigan. All right, I'm going to I'm going to dive right in here and that's diving, that's not rowing. That's not there wasn't a pun there. It, it, I, I believe I I I Pick this up, Alex. You started. You came to Michigan. You were immediately on the varsity on the varsity boats, right? Yes. Brooke, you came to Michigan. You started as a novice, correct? Okay. Correct. When we had your teammates on a year ago, um, they explained the difference between the two. So, I'd like you guys to explain the difference between the two, and then Brooke, tell us how how that started your rowing career, starting in in the novice um, on the novice side of things. Yeah, so I think the main difference between novice and the varsity crew is that the novice is typically a group of girls who have actually not rowed before college. Um, And so that was the situation I was in. I had never touched a boat, touched an oar, touched a rowing machine or anything. And I knew that this opportunity of novice was special and unique to varsity sports at the collegiate level um and so what i what i did my senior year after i had been accepted to the university i reached out to coach mark via email and just said my name is brooke eaton i run track and i um dance i'm this tall and i want to try out for the rowing team how can i do that and how can i prepare for that and i got an email back from at the time it was Coach Dan Harrison, he was in charge of all recruiting, and he emailed me back and was like, "Oh, it's it's great to hear from you, Brooke. Like, let's have you come out and watch a practice." And so, in January of 2020, I came out and watched a land practice where I quite literally watched the girls on the rowing machine for about two hours. Um, and something about sitting there and watching them work hard together, not even rowing in a boat, I was like, "This is so." so awesome and i got to talk with coach mark he kind of laid out the like ground rules of the team and he explained the difference between novice and varsity and that there was this like great opportunity to learn how to row at the university and at the end of the season we get to roll throughout the season but then also at the big 10 championship you get to race against other novices from other universities so you're literally in the same situation as other people who just learned how to race and just learn how to row, and you get to compete for the Big Ten Championship against those other really great athletes. And so I was like, this is pretty awesome. And they had offered me a spot um, when I was there in January and said that they were still looking to fill the novice roster and offer me a position on the team. And I was like, that's awesome. I'll take it. And Coach Mark said, well, we'll give you a couple of weeks to think about it, you know, like talk it through, think about what you want to do. And I was like, oh, no, like I'll sign the paper right now. I I want to do this. Um, And I think I committed, honestly, about a week later. And um, I guess for formality purposes, they had set up an official an official visit for me. So instead of just watching the one practice I was going to come back and watch them row on the water and see what it actually actually looked like all put together, not just on the rowing machine. Um, and so, ironically, I had that scheduled for March the 13th of 2020. And if anyone knows 
the iconic date of March 13th, 2020. It was quite literally the day the world shut down. So needless to say, that was canceled. Um, Coach Dan called me the night before and said, you know, we're going to have to reschedule this, I think, maybe for later in the summer. And naively, I was like, oh, yeah, later in the summer, a few weeks, let it all blow by and it'll be okay. And so I was like, well, I'm still ready to do this. And I, regardless, will be there in the fall. So um, I never did get that official visit, as as I'm sure you can imagine. Um, but I showed up late summer at the boathouse with my freshman year roommate, and we learned how to row in a pair, just the two of us. We ended up in the water, I think, a total of six times. Um, learned how to swim as well as learned how to row. <laughs> and um, from there, it has been the experience of a lifetime. I competed with the novice team my whole freshman year and moved up to varsity after that and have been on varsity for the past three years now. Seems like an essential side skill to uh, yes. rowing to also know how to swim just we, in case. We do have to take a swim test. So they'll literally oh. throw us in the pool and tell us to tread water for it. I think it's like five minutes, but you have to pass it your freshman year so that they know if you were to ever flip that it is safe and you can <laughs> at least fend for yourself for a little bit while they bring a coach over to save you. <laughs> so one more thing re related to the varsity and novice. Is it only the varsity rowers that are on scholarship then? And I didn't say it correctly. Or is it only the varsity rowers that are on scholarship then? That, yeah. <laughs> I'm not stopping this whole episode. No. All right. <laughs> no, you're not. I hope you don't. Never can. And then our do. I assume novices are not on on scholarship. Correct. Um, letters or sorry, um, novices sign the like letter of intent um, that just says I intend to compete and intend to um, train with the team. And then the not I believe Gable, you might be able to speak to this a little bit better, but um, I believe that not all of our C rowers come in on scholarship. Uh, so some do and some don't, but you do always have the opportunity to earn one, either moving when you move from novice to varsity at a later time or um, just throughout your time, you're able to earn one. Um, but Yeah, I can add on to that. Um, some people, I believe it's like, I, I know our class, we had like five that were on full scholarship. Um and then Mark was saying how you can, yeah, you can earn your spot. Um, you can earn scholarship, like, if you guys, like, significantly better uh, from, like, your freshman or you move up from your freshman year to, like, sophomore, junior year, you can move up the rankings um, and earn a scholarship. So, Brooke, we know that you hadn't gotten in a boat before you came to Michigan and you just asked for a tryout and got it. But Alex, how did you get into rowing? So this story, this is like a very long time ago for me. Um, I've been, which is crazy to think that I've been like involved in the sport of rowing for literally half my life, like a full decade. Um, I first heard about rowing because I, well, I used to play competitive tennis Um like playing tournaments. Um, I was pretty good, but I didn't have a passion for it. Um, 
is like as an individual sport, I, I like just like would get so angry at myself and I just didn't have like a passion or drive for that sport. So my mom was like, you should try rowing. Like there's a, um, a youth program, uh, in Westport, it's called Saugatuck Rowing Club. And it's a very well-known rowing club. They've like won multiple national championships. Um, and at first I was like, I don't even know what the sport is. Like, I, I have no clue. I feel like this, this like new and interesting thing might be weird for me, but I'll try it out. And, um, the reason she heard about rowing and wanted me to try it was because her coworker, like one of her good friends had a son who rode at Harvard, um, and went to the Olympics. And I was like, okay, whoa, like that's cool. So first I was in seventh grade. I remember this seventh grade winter. I actually started on the erg. So I started as a rower and mind you at this time, I was like four foot something like super tiny middle schooler. Um, and I, I really liked the team aspect of it. Like I've never really tried a team sport and um and then next year the next year I tried out for the varsity team um so as an eighth grader I was I became a coxswain on the varsity team which is pretty early but they they do allow like eighth grade through senior um and they said I should be a coxswain because I was tiny um so I just I stuck with it and um, I remember the very first practice I showed up in August and I was so shy, so nervous. Like I used to be such a shy kid. Um, and I honestly don't even know how I survived that year because I, I was such a timid little child, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I stuck with it and I, I worked hard and I really enjoyed the camaraderie of the team. And you're mentioning being shy. Remind everybody what you do as a coxswain. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I am a coxswain. So the coxswain is essentially a coach, the coach in the boat. It's um, I direct the rowers and give them commands and correct their, their technique, make sure everyone's all in sync. If I'm in an eight, I'm looking at them. Um, and then in a four, it's bow loaded. So I'm like kind of in a cocoon. Um, but yeah, we are the motivators and drivers of the boat. Um, basically the voice of the rowers. And yeah, my main, I usually, when, when everyone asks if, like what a coxswain is, I'm just like, yeah, it's the little tiny person that sits in the front of the boat and yells at the rovers. That's what I was getting like the at, the yelling, yeah. yelling at your teammates. That's what I was, that's the yep. string I was pulling at. <laughs> right. You're not politely it. asking. You're, you're telling, you're yelling, yeah, yeah. you're loud. You can yep. hear <laughs> the coxswain, a good coxswain you can hear from shore. Yeah. Alex is anything but shy when she's in that boat. And, yeah, yeah, I've come a long way. And we know that you've grown older, but you haven't grown much bigger than your four foot something, according to M Go Blue. How tall are you now? Yeah. I'm five three and three quarters, so five four. 
And that's um, generally the size you want a coxswain on a boat? Yeah, I'd say like our team has like, I think the shortest coxswain is probably like five foot. Maybe like some novices are 4'11". But yeah, ranging from like probably 90 pounds to like 120, 130 pounds. Sorry, this is going to be rude for me to dwell on for a second. <laughs> you get Alex, you just said uh, you're five, three and three quarters. And yeah. then rem- Chris, or Zan, remember when we had Raina Gugino on from the gymnastics team? Yeah. And she's, what did she, yeah. she was like, she's like four, well, ten, four, ten. Four, well, she's like, I'm, I'm, what did she say? I'm like four, 10 and three, eight, yeah. which you would round to a half, which then you would round up to four eleven or something like that. Like, <laughs> She had her own units of measure, but we got into those fractions. I can tell you that much. So there's, <laughs> what's the height where that stops? That's a, that's a different, but then, but then Brooke, you're a rower. And according to M go blue, you're five foot 10. M go blue is slightly off. I am actually five eleven. I don't know where they got five ten from. <laughs> okay. But, but as far as rowers go, the actual people yeah. on the boat with an oar, you generally want to be tall. Yeah, I know. Um, I think our shortest rower is around five nine, five eight. I would say, um, and tallest. I think we go up to like six two, six three, roughly. So definitely um, taller and lengthy is the ideal um, build for rowing. Which is funny because, like, growing up um, as a girl, I was always self-conscious of how tall I was like people would ask how tall I was and I was, I'm not that tall like I just grew fast and now here I am in college and I'm like self-conscious that I'm 5'11 and I have teammates who are 6'2 and now I feel <laughs> short sometimes next to others all right Simone jump in here <laughs> I my question you know um track is also it's a team sport but it's very individual and I think it's so interesting how rowing it's Everybody has to be so in sync. So is there anything, you know, going through the season um, that you guys do to make sure that you're bonding as a team, but also, you know, in the boats and especially um, with your different positions? Yeah, I would say um, a lot of the focus, specifically now in the winter when we're not able to row on the water as much, um, everything we do is as a team. And um, we move as one. So even just in the erg room, we're on that rowing machine, but we'll have the coxswains like Gable calling us like our start. We'll start together. We're synced up together. We have one girl we're following and taking each stroke just on the rowing machine together. Um, and I think that helps us keep the mind sharp and um, yeah, kind of like trying to find that that unit and not letting that slip away. We also train in, we call it the tank, but it like basically simulates the boat. So we have that in the training facility um, that we get to train in, which is a really, really awesome opportunity um, because we have to spend some time off the water. Uh, I I think it is a privilege and a like area where we kind of have an advantage that we get to train like that. Um, And it keeps us, it definitely keeps us sharp when we're off the water for an extended period of time. I always thought that that was so interesting because for track practice, I would walk past like the tank and would always wonder how you guys use that. Um, 
especially, and I'd see you guys practicing outside on the rowing machines. And I was just like, I don't understand like how they're so in sync, but it's like so separate at the same time. Like it's everyone's different strengths. So that's really cool to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for like both of you and Brooke, this may also be for like more for you. Like what was your biggest learning curve, especially like coming out of COVID and learning with one other person um, and like in a two-person boat? Um, yeah, I would say there's... Basically, nothing you can do besides surrender to whatever they're telling you. And when you're in that like vulnerable position of never having done it before, um, you know, like you get in the boat. And I remember like day one, we get in this boat and they're like, OK, whatever you do, don't let go of the oar and just don't lean out of the boat. So um, you're given like these ground rules and it is like it is going to make or break you. And it really is not. Um, that serious like the biggest thing I've learned from doing this sport is that failing is okay and it allows you to learn um and sometimes you have to put yourself in a position to fail in order to actually learn something and actually get better and I think that that like unique experience of getting to learn in a small boat like that was really cool because really there's nothing you can do besides do what you're being told otherwise you're you're going in and so um it like puts you in this headspace where you're very focused and you're listening. And I think, um, yeah, again, it's just like you fall down, you get back up, you try it again. You have to, I think everything you do is just such a learning curve in this sport. And even, I mean, again, this is like, I've only been doing this for the four years that I've been at Michigan, but every single day you learn something new in this sport and it's never, um, it never really settles down. You're always trying to switch up a little part of your technique or improve your stroke in one way or another because it, it, again, is just so complex and there's so much that goes into just taking one stroke and on top of that, so much that goes into winning a race. And so every single day is like a new focus, a new um, challenge, and you just you have to really be switched on at all times and approaching not even every practice, but every single stroke you take, like it is the most important thing. Um, but they always tell us, I think, which makes it special is like you have to take yourself seriously, but not too seriously. Um, so you have to let yourself have fun with it. But you also have to be switched on and doing what they're what they're telling you. <laughs> have you both been in competition at Michigan? on an eight boat and on a four boat and yeah. I'll, I'll let me just clarify again because i'm trying to be co cognizant of our listeners who may not have listened to the last rowing episode and whatnot so we we talked about the novice and varsity but then there's also two levels there's the eights and the fours it's exactly what it sounds like eight rowers and four bower bowers eight rowers and four rowers um so you you said yes you both in competition yes. have been in in both boats so in different in very different positions and alex you've already talked about the difference for your position in the boat between the eight and the four but i'm wondering which do you prefer i feel like for coxswain it might be easier um i would prefer i prefer eights um because i'm like you know sitting up i can actually see the rowers and um i can 
make calls based on what I see. Whereas if I'm in a four, I kind of have to rely more on boat feel and what I'm hearing um, in the boat. Mm. So because I, I only see the bow deck and the bow ball. Um, so I'm like the first one to cross the line in a four, whereas in an eight, I'm the last one. Um, so yeah, I was, I would, I raced in the four, the varsity four all of last, um, last season. Um, and after being in that boat for a long time, I kind of got used to it and kind of preferred the four, but, um, yeah, I think in a four, it's much easier to steer because you can, you can see what's right in front of you. If when, when you're on the bow of the boat and you're about to cross the finish line, are you allowed to reach out <laughs> like a runner and get your hand out in front of the other boats if it's a close one? Or is that bad sportsmanship? Um, <laughs> well, it's, that would be funny. It's if my arms are super long, yeah. but it's not necessarily like, yeah i think the rule the rule is like the coxswain has to be in the boat in order to win the race so if like you flip Mm -hmm. like the coxswain has to be in it but technically like when you're crossing the finish line it's the part of the boat which is the bow ball to cross first Mm -hmm. um but if it is super close like it's neck to neck um there's a camera that'll take a photo finish and you could see like the centimeters of who got first and who got second or what they placed. Brooke, eight, eights or fours, which do you prefer? Yeah. So I have raced both, but I've actually only raced a four once before. Um, I definitely prefer racing in the eight. I think Hmm. as the, as the rower, there's something really empowering about when the eight rowers like pick up the boat and you can you can feel the boat lift out of water and glide through and i think when you when you feel that it is so empowering and it's just so exciting because you can just feel all this energy that's being put into this this like one stroke and um you can feel that in the four as well but it's just less people so less power in the boat just like generally doesn't move as fast and so i think Part of what I love about the eight is the way you can just feel it pick up is like so empowering to me. Um, I don't know. Something about it is really fun. Uh, the four, though, I will say is super exciting when you can get four people to be so unison and so one. And I think that's something special about the four is that with the less people, there's only the four rowers and the coxswain to get on one page. And so you like really build i think such as i think every year i notice that the fours always have such a special bond within their boat because it's just the five of them and they're working so hard together as the five and i think in an eight like the nine of you are working so hard together as well but you know like just generally like the nature of having less people um is like the camaraderie that comes together with those five people is like your only like their only mission is to get that bow ball across the line first and so there's definitely a special connection between people in a four but i have always preferred the eight i think like i said it's just it's so powerful and it moves through the water with such like crazy speed that it's there's something there's something empowering about it so not only are there uh 
two different boats in, in terms of rowers, the four and the eight, but there are two of each of those. There's the first varsity eight, second varsity eight, the first varsity four, the second varsity four. Last year, according to MGO Blue, Brooke, you, um, I'm sorry, in 2022, you were on the second varsity eights and you won the big 10 uh, title. Yes. Um, is your, are you expecting or hoping to be on the first varsity eights this coming season? Yeah. So I've been in, so obviously my freshman year, I raced to the novice team, but then my sophomore year and my junior year, I raced with the 2V. Um, and I think there is something so special about the 2V because the truth is it is nine girls who want nothing more than to win a race and who also want nothing more than to make that 1V. Um, and it's just nine people who are working their butts off to do anything they can to prove themselves. And I think every year there's always like a couple of practices where the 2V is kind of will give the 1v a run for their money on the water and we'll push them and i think that's special because it makes the 1v faster it makes the 2v faster and just overall it makes the team better and i have loved my experience in the 2v i have learned so much from rowing in that 2v um i would love to row in the 1v i think there's something special about the michigan 1v as well um you know it's a michigan is a top program and people respect the university they respect the program the alumni have poured endless support into the program and to make that 1v is something so special and it's definitely a goal of mine for the my senior year for sure so uh, am i correct in, uh, in assuming that the boats have not been set yet the lineups on each of the boats have not been set yet correct yes and then sometimes Alex, oh sorry go oh, ahead bro. sorry Sometimes they are just like fluid throughout the whole year, you know, like one person will switch here and there. Um, sometimes like I think last year we changed the lineup about a week and a half before the Big Ten Championship. Um, they'll be changing. They'll change the lineup the day of if that's what's needed to win the race. So. And then, Alex, for you, um, would you rather uh, Coxon the eights or the fours this year? Um, this year, I am striving for the 1V. Eight. So you both are striving for the same boat. I like it. Yes. All right, you two. We have, uh, we've kept you about halfway through uh, the time that I said that we would keep you. I didn't say that right, but you know what I mean. Um, and I have a question that uh, I always like to ask about halfway through uh, that time, which is, now that you're seniors and you've been around Ann Arbor for a while, what are each of your favorite uh, Ann Arbor restaurants? <laughs> this question, I always People always ask me, they're like, I'm going to Ann Arbor. Where should I go eat? And then my response usually follows with, I wasn't allowed to leave my dorm room my freshman year. I don't know anywhere. <laughs> Went to the same two places. Um, but I... I'm a sucker for Pizza House. I love Pizza House. Yeah, I think I'll have to go Pizza House. And I love Mexican food. So Chapala's is really good, too. <laughs> I would say overall favorite is Condado, that new Mexican place. Um, That's a great one. One of my yeah. favorites, too. 
Mm-hmm. And then another good one is Chimukan, the Korean noodle bar. Darby, oh, if you could, if you could allow me, real quick, I don't think we've ever done this before on a podcast for this question, but there's another person here who who I, you, might weigh in on this. You know, um, you may be stealing my thunder again. I was I was going to make sure to do this because I realized with a couple of our other um, co-hosts that we've had, uh, we did not ask that question as well. So when they rejoin us as co-hosts in the near future, um, I'm going to make sure to ask them. So, Simone, what are your favorite Ann Arbor restaurants? Great question, Darby. Thank you. <laughs> I, I just thought of it. <laughs> I also have to say it was hard because freshman year, I was stuck in my dorm, um, so I didn't really go try anything or i would only try restaurants when my parents came in town you know you 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 guys can't play that card anymore you're seeing all three of you are seniors like that's i get it we get it you couldn't go to restaurants your freshman year but (laughs) since then you've had years now where you can okay so simone now that you're allowed to go out of your house um as, as a senior what's your what are your favorite ann arbor restaurants um I'm a personal, my per, one of my personal favorites is Frida Batitos. I love Frida Batitos. It's so good. I take my parents there every single time they visit. And I love Mani um, Osteria. It's like an Italian place. Um, they're called Calamari. It's really, really good. So I go there when my parents are also in town. <laughs> <laughs> so um, again, I, I say this every time basically, but this, uh, this question has taken a life of its own. and. Um, Everything you all have said, I believe, is already on the list, but uh, Frida leads the way. Mani is number three currently, so um, tied with Zingerman's. No tie is number two. I don't know. <laughs> for favorite Anna. I love Rush. no tie. But uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll add these votes on, and I think it's I'm overdue for posting this list on, on social media, so that'll <laughs> that'll happen soon. And Side note, maybe, maybe Zan, we need to work on our own NIL deal here, but I know Pizza House follows us on social media, so they're going to be happy to hear that, uh, that Brooke likes it. So maybe we'll work out some trifecta, trifecta awesome. deal here. Great idea. In the loop. <laughs> All right. So here's a fun question for you, non-food related. And uh, Simone, you can hop in on this one too. Now that all of you are seniors, You've had plenty of, of chances to watch other uh, teams play. So what is your favorite Michigan team to go watch live, men's or women's? That's a good question. I would have to say soccer or basketball, just because there's so much action going on. Brooke? Yeah, I have to give you the basic football answer. Um, I was born. That's a great answer. Born and raised on American football. I love it. <laughs> um, Simone, what do you think? I would have to say I love going to gymnastics meets. It's so stressful because of like how technical it is. Um, and then football, I it's it's a classic. You gotta love it. We do. We <laughs> all do. It it's it's inescapable in Ann Arbor. It sure Fo- is. Football is everywhere, everything. Mm-hmm. I have, I have breaking news real quick um, on on the restaurant note. Sorry to go back to that, but um, Condado was actually not on the list. So we are now up to 71 different restaurants and coffee houses and other things that have been mentioned. But I'm surprised. It's one of my favorites, uh, too, Alex. Yeah. So 
Kandato, welcome to the list. In, in Let's a good go. Way. Oh, can I actually add one? We're just, <laughs> this is the rest of the podcast. No, I have to give the local shout out to Drip House across the street from the stadium. They are amazing. And I've gone so much this year that they have learned my order, my name, everything. They are awesome there. Uh, former uh, gymnast. Uh, Natalie Wojcik was the one that put that that place on the list. So you've yeah. you've added one vote for them. So they're awesome. And I have also accidentally run into two of our coaches at that coffee house as well. So it's a it's a rowing favorite right now. Nice. Okay, so this may be like you know jumping a little bit um, ahead. I know you guys have had a couple of um, races that you've done, but like w- since you're leading up to the Big Ten. Um, is it stressful and maybe, you know, Brooke, since like when you're in office and you're coming in, was it stressful knowing that you st- still got to score points um, in that meet? Because I know like, I don't think any other sports gets the opportunity to do that. Yeah, um, we definitely talk about that a lot as a team that every single boat matters, every single point scored is important. And I think that was something I was really nervous about my novice year was um, my novice year. We had been undefeated going into the big 10 championship as our boat. And so I was terrified. I was like, you know, like they always say like, you have to lose once to learn what it's like. And I was like, okay, I get it. But right now is not, that, not that time. We're not doing it yet. So um, it was definitely scary. And I think going into the big 10 every year is extremely nerve wracking. I am the most nervous I've ever been on that day every single year. Um, and to, to your point about how the points add up, it's so important. And the way that it boils down is so interesting because each boat earns points, but they don't all earn the same amount of points. And so it has to play out in a very specific way in order for you to win the Big Ten. And so my freshman year, we actually almost swept the whole Big Ten. We won every single race except for the second novice boat. Um, and so that one we had definitely, you know, going into that last race, we we had we had won the Big Ten and it was really exciting. But I've also been on the flip side in that this past year, going into the final race of the day, the one V was racing. They're always last because they're um worth the most points so they always race last and going into that race in order for us to win as a team the 1v had to place first somebody else literally anybody else had to place second and then ohio state could come third fourth and so on but in order for us to win the big 10 ohio state had to get third or lower um which did happen indiana won or not won but got second in that race. And so Michigan 1v won that race. Indiana came second and then Ohio State came third. And because of that exact finishing was the the reason we had won Big Tens last year. And so it's so interesting the way it can all play out. Um, It has to be, it has to happen perfectly in order to win. And it's really anybody's, anybody's championship until that last race. Novice boats score at Big Tens, but not at NCAAs, right? Correct. So the novice, there's two novice eights 
and they both get to race all year and then at Big Tens as well. And they do score points at Big Tens. But the only boats that go to NCAAs is the first varsity eight, the second varsity eight, and the first varsity four. So in the Big Ten, there is Michigan and there is Ohio State in rowing. And then there's kind of everybody else. There's kind of maybe a middle tier as well. But it seems like just about every year it comes down to us versus them, the school down south. Do you have any comparisons with where you stand now and compared to what Ohio State has done? Because you you kind of have two halves to your season. You have a fall um, half and then you have the the spring half. So have you seen them at competitions and do you know how how you you and Ohio State stack up against one another so far this year? Yeah, so we always do a scrimmage with them in the fall. So either we'll go to Columbus for a weekend, usually during fall break, or they'll come to us and we scrimmage for the weekend and we won't usually race. Actually, we've we never really just race a 2K and call it a day like in the spring. We'll usually do like a full workout with them. So we'll do multiple 2Ks or we'll do some longer pieces. And those are always super interesting to kind of get more competitive with somebody that isn't your own teammates. Um, And so the fall is always super interesting. We did that this year. And I would say at that point in time, um, I would say we were a little bit ahead of them. And I think that was October. But, um, you know, we haven't seen them yet since. Mm. Uh, We won't see them again until I believe the first week of our season we go down to Columbus and there's always, the, I think they call it the ACC, ACC showdown. So usually Duke will be there. Um, last year we went to Virginia. So it was Ohio State, us, Duke and Virginia. And we'll see them there for a normal spring 2K race. Um, and then we usually see them one more time before Big Tens at the Big Ten Invitational, which happens in Sarasota. Um, and we'll, so we'll usually race them there and that's the last time we'll see them until the big 10 championship. But honestly, every single year, no matter what happens at those last two races, you have no idea what's going to happen at the big 10 championship. And I think you can feel as confident as you want or as nervous as you feel. And that big 10 race will always be, uh, the, the race, like it, there's something about it. I think um, my sophomore year, we had beat Ohio State every single time that we saw them um, by a decent margin as well. And then at the Big Ten Championship, they almost squeaked it out of us at the very last second and we were able to hold them. But it, it was like Gable mentioned earlier, that photo finish. We had one of those my sophomore year and it was it was scary. We crossed the line and we didn't even know what the what the result was. So you you never really know how that race is going to go um, at the Big Ten Championship. Yeah, that makes sense. So even though you've seen them, um, it can all change in a matter of a couple months, huh? Anything can change. I think uh, it's something special about the sport of rowing is that you can get so much faster in a, a short amount of time. But it's what it's what makes it so hard is you anyone can win any race um, and you can never really underestimate anyone. All right, I want to give Brooke a break here. I want to talk to Alex here. Um, (laughs) As the brains of the operation, not the brute strength of the operation, uh, you're guiding the boats while while they're doing all of the the heavy lifting, if you will. 
What do you think is a realistic preview for this season in conference? Is 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 this squad, all of the boats, good enough to beat Ohio State this year and finish in first place and get back-to-back championships? Yeah, this is yeah, this is a tough question. Um I know I we just, always want to say, just, of course we can win it all, but yeah. And I think we um, can win it all. But but do you all think that this is the team that can can go back to back. I think so. Yes. Um, because of two things. Um, one, this year we are working hard to shift our mindset, um, and really like go all in and go for it. Um, because we, want to win champions uh championships this year we we want to not just win the big 10 but also win nationals um or at least be competing in for for uh, a place um and i also think the big 10 conference for women's rowing is so unique because there's also i believe it's the only conference maybe besides the SEC who that has a novice program. Um, and unfortunately this year is the last year where we won't be having Washington or uh, UCLA or USC joining us. Um, I think next year it will be more tough because those schools are extremely competitive as well in rowing. But yeah, I think, this year we're really working hard and um really grinding um and just really really digging into a winning mentality um and personally i my opinion every every year we race at big tens i strongly believe that we can win and that i Personally, I'm very confident in this team and that we can win. Um, it just all comes down to how we perform on race day um, and what we've been doing leading up to that day. All right, Brooke, what do you think? Go on. Weigh in. Yeah, I <clears throat> I agree with Alex. I think this team is special and unique compared to the other years that we've been a part of um this year there's this this mindset that it takes everything you have to win the race and you have to be able to give give all of yourself to it and not only is it showing up on race day but it's showing up to monday morning lift it's showing up to friday afternoon um racing workouts like it is every single practice that goes into winning those championships and i think we're competing with one another like we never have before um and i think we always say that like the competition um, like amongst each other should be so intense that when we show up to the big 10 championship and we look across at the other teams we're just relieved that we're not racing our own teammates for once because we know that We've all put in all the work and I know that the girl in front of me, behind me has put in everything to winning this race. Um, And I think we've really 
taken on this level of competition and drive this year. Uh, I, I, I do think this will be the team to go back to back. So obviously knowing this is an Olympic year, will, do you think that will affect like any of the rowers, especially because I know the trials are, I believe in like April or May, and that's kind of going into big 10 and NCAA season. Like do, do either of you guys know how that'll affect y'all? Yeah. So usually an Olympic year, um, anyone training to go to the Olympics won't race at the collegiate level. Um, for us, we lost only one rower to that, which is great for us because um, we were able to keep building off what we did last year a lot. Um, on top of that, we didn't lose many seniors last year either. So that has been really awesome. Um, I do know that other schools have le- uh, smaller numbers due to Olympic trials and stuff as well. So it definitely plays a role in. Big tens and NCAAs for sure. Something I noticed in the schedule as we, we were talking a little bit about this upcoming year, there is um a novice only meet at Michigan State. And being that I'm from mid-Michigan, I was like, oh, I wonder where Michigan State's home water is. And I saw that they are on the Grand River. You all are on Belleville Lake. And the first thing we're going to get scientific here for a second. The first thing that came to my mind is all, all water has current. Even, even a glass of water sitting still has a little current to it. Right. But when you're in a river, there is definitely more current than when you're in a lake. So is that something that's noticed when, when you're rowing related question, are you rowing with the current or against the current? And then Alex, specifically also for you, does do you have to change up your style? I know this is novice only, but do you have to change up your style if you're on a different body of water, like a lake versus a river? In terms of like bodies of water, coxswains need to review like a map of the body of water so they know like what the landmarks are and what um just like the surroundings um i know like when i whenever i get on a new body of water like i need to be familiar with my surroundings and you know the coaches also help with this like they can be on the launch and kind of direct us um but definitely i'm more like cognizant of my surroundings especially when there is a race because there's so many boats and like other other boats like launches or even like um motor boats like i have to be very careful um but then in terms of current um it does affect the speed of the boat um if we're like changing directions like we'll spin so we'll get both ends of the current if we're going with it or against it also we do have to take into account for wind I know there's like, it gets like super complex with like, if you're doing a race on a body of water that has an X speed of current, as well as like an X speed of wind, there's like some formula mathematic equation where you can like adjust for that and get like the real 
speed for that adjustment. But I I know like Mark Soros, if it's like a perfect day, sunny, no current, um, gold medal standard for varsity eight is um is around six oh four. Yeah, I think the split is like one thirty one. Yes. Yep. One thirty one. Is so so when when we're talking about a river that has more of a current than a lake, is there an NCAA standard where it's the races always go with the current or always go against the current, or it's just up to the um, most? Well, with that, it's they don't really with Rowan, They don't really like for races don't take into account current. It's just like you have to your coxswain should know. Mm. And um they'll hold races if it's like pouring rain, if it's like super windy, if if it's snowing. Um well we're like even right now we're we were at the boathouse this afternoon rowing and like chunks of ice. Um but um because NCAA event changes location um every couple of years it's kind of well we we race in one direction all all days um Mm. so it's just like more of like okay how is this how is the current and how is the wind gonna affect our speed and how can we adapt and adjust for that so that we can row better and like be prepared and execute better if that makes sense mm-hmm. darby i was just while you all were talking interesting fact about this novice race that we're talking about here uh the fact that michigan state has finished dead last in the last three big 10 championships uh, they are actually going to allow the michigan state varsity uh boats to uh race in this novice <laughs> race as well right i didn't laugh And they're probably not going to (laughs) win. All right, my man, ask your question. All right. Well, ladies, we have uh, we've kept you about an hour, which is what we we promised. And uh, we thank you so much for your time. But I have one last question to ask that I ask always at the end of our podcast. And that is, especially as seniors, you've had so much time on this team. Thinking about life as an alum, when you're all done with this rowing team and you think back to your time on the team, what is a moment that is always going to make you laugh? And it could be from competition, practice, travel, anything you want. It can be as incriminating as you do or don't want it to be. After we get done recording, I'll tell you the range of answers that we've had, but I don't want <laughs> I don't want to get anybody in trouble right now. Alex, do you want to start? <laughs> um, something I will. I think my answer. Okay, I was. I'll just say the first thing that came to mind. I think it's funny when <laughs> this is kind of like strange, but it's turned into a meme. Like our our team has like a meme Instagram account. That's ran by uh, uh, one of our funny teammates. And it's Mark laying down, sitting in a position. Brooke knows. Everyone knows about it. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I take pictures too. Whenever Mark, like, you know, like those memes that are like, paint me like one of your French girls. And it's like, <laughs> I'm laying down on the side, like elbow like this, shoulders like this, like knees up. Um, Mark just sometimes lays in that position. Like he'll just like do his own thing and not think anything of it. But to us, it's like, it's just like funny to see that, like our head coach just um, being so casual and funny. Yeah, I think, um, gosh, there's so many funny things. When I look back, I'm just sitting here laughing. We do, we do have a meme account that <laughs> is the highlight of of my day every time. But one thing that just I can't keep, I just keeps coming to mind every time I try to think of something funnier. Last year we were on our winter training trip. So, I mean, as you know, the water is frozen in the winter. And so we go down to Orlando to train for a week right after Christmas. Um, and last year they took us to Disney Springs for a day because we were there for an extended amount of time. And so we got a day, an afternoon off to go to Disney Springs and walk around. And a girl on our team stood up to tell everybody that we were going to go to Disney Springs. And she was wearing um, like a Walt Disney World sweatshirt at the time. And um, Mark had pointed to her and said, like, haha, look at Shakui's shirt because she was telling us that we were going to Disney and she was wearing a Disney shirt. But in her mind, she heard Mark say, haha, Shakui is short. And she said, hey, I'm taller than the average woman. And she like yelled at him from across this like dining hall that we were sitting in. And everybody was like, um, what? <laughs> and then everybody kind of clicked that. That was funny. She had thought our head coach had called her short and she did fight back and let him know she was taller than the average woman. And I think it has become like a classic meme throughout our team is anytime anyone says anything, we're like, oh, well, Shakui's taller than the average woman. So and I, I always think about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Zan, get us back to the dock. Yeah. <laughs> Given all <laughs> that, uh, this has been the Michigan podcast, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to women's sports at the greatest university in the world, the University of Michigan. I'm Zan. He's Darbs. She's Simone Roberts. And we were lucky enough to have Alex and Brooke from the rowing team who are guaranteeing another Big Ten title this year. So if you have it in you, go out to the lake and watch them. And if you don't want to stand around doing that, watch it on TV. But this team deserves uh, your eyes, your rooting interest, because it's a winning team and it's going to do some winning this year. So we hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed talking. Uh, We'll do it again soon. Go blue. Go blue. Go blue. Go blue.